Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Um, I want to thank the one and only Micah Scharsberg for bringing the word last week. Man, just did a great job. I really felt like that, you know, his version of that, the five circles, it's in him for sure. It's just, it's, it's in there, but I just, I think that's a kind of message that we could point people to, to really help understand, hey, these are some things we're really trying to do at Antioch, Fort Worth. And so great job. Way to go. All right. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Hebrews chapter three, verse one. We are disciples at Antioch and we are following Jesus Christ. And we want our eyes on the Lord. So the writer of Hebrews says it this way, 3 verse 1. Therefore, brothers, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Can we just say that together? Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Amen. We want, we are disciples And that is a primary marker, a primary identifier of who we are. We're disciples at Antioch, and that means we want to keep our eyes on Jesus. We want to follow Jesus together. I have people ask me all the time, well, what are you guys about? Well, we want to follow Jesus. You know, it's it's hard sometimes. It's not real complicated to say it, but that's what we want to do. That's what we're about. The people of God following Jesus on the mission of God, worshiping God for the glory of God, those kinds of things. And so we're in this series, wrapping it up today, called Disciples at Antioch, one, three, five, seven. Can we just say it together again? One, three, five, seven. And the reason I wanted to do that is just, just to get it in our heads. It's a fresh way of saying it. It'll be something else next year, I'm sure. But it's just one, three, five, seven. Some of you guys are gonna always remember this. And it's on the next wall back there. It's really cool. You know, the, the vision is one, to share and multiply the life of Christ. I think we've got a slide for that maybe. To share and multiply the life of Christ in the church through new disciples, new life groups, and new congregations to the glory of God and the joy of all peoples. And even if we, there it is. I was gonna say, even if we don't have a slide, it's in us. But there it is right there, one vision. Three, lifestyle. And that is this living at the intersection of encounter, discipleship, and mission. That's what we want to be about. We want to be living right there. That's an Antioch lifestyle that we want to just breathe into all of our life and all that we're doing as brothers and sisters here in the church. And then what Micah hit on last week, the five circles of a healthy church. That's, that's me and my personal relationship with Jesus. That's discipling twos and threes. That's our life groups. That's what we do here on Sundays when we come together in other big meetings, the temple court meetings. And then it's being sent out from here into the spheres and mission places of our lives. So just want to be very clear. Today then is seven, seven marks of a disciple. I want to say emphatically right here at the start that it is not the marks. It's not the only marks. In fact, that's kind of overwhelming if you think about it. The, like, is there just seven? There's actually, there's actually a bunch. And uh, maybe there's 107. Um, there's more than that. But uh, I, I do want to boil it down 
And, um, you know, it's funny. Can we just have fun with this message today? Because talking about discipleships may seem a little heavy, but I, feel, I just feel like, man, I want, to, I want it to be a joyful thing, a, a joyful thing for us to follow Jesus, to walk in the Spirit uh, together. And so, but what I figured out about the, se- the seven marks of a disciple, what's up, is, um, <laughs> is sorry, Emily's down here in the shop. Um, <laughs> it's on Instagram, right? Um, where was I at? Seven marks of the disciple. Is, is that, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a little more daunting than what I thought. when we, we, we had this idea three or four months ago. I was talking with Jimmy down in Waco and had just brainstorming one, three, five, seven. And I was like, okay, I got three or four months. Certainly I can narrow this thing down to seven marks of a disciple in three or four months. And it just, it, it, was, it was really hard. <laughs> I was, in fact, 10 days or so ago, we had a prayer meeting with a bunch of the pastors in the city. We were in the prayer room over there, and we walked over, showing them the room, and showed the next wall, and had the one, the vision, three, the lifestyle, five, the circles of church. And I said, and and next weekend, I'm going to do a a seven marks of a disciple. And and one guy was walking out with me, and he goes, well, I want to see that. You can be sure and send me that list. And and I was like, "Uh uh-oh. You know? Maybe this is going to be harder than I thought, right? And so it's been a little bit of a challenge. But uh, what's funny, too, is that Jimmy down at Waco, like, they, I found out they changed, they, they didn't do the seven marks at all. They changed it to the seven Bs of a disciple. So go ahead and flash those up. I mean, they're good, and we want to do them, too. I'm going to run through a few lists here for us. But uh, one is... Be saved and baptized. So we've got an opportunity to do that in two weeks. Be baptized, right? Be in a life group. Be an owner. We don't call it owner. We say member. Be committed. You know, lock arms here. Be a pillar is what they say. Serve. We say be a volunteer. Life group leader. Serve. Use your gifts. What else? Be trained. Go through ADS. Be free. Get, get rid of the past. You know, deal with the past. Be free. Get out of that bondage stuff. And then be sent into the spheres and to the nations. Another list of seven that I came across was from Pete Scazzaro. He's got a book called, new book called Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. He's got seven, and the first one, be before you do. That's a good one, just so everybody knows. It, it, walking with Jesus is a be-do. It's not, it's not just doing. We're not just human, human doings. We're human beings who do stuff. So it's a be-do, right? So follow the crucified, not the Americanized Jesus. Can I get an amen out there? That's a good one, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's worth preaching. Embrace God's gift of limits. Anybody need that word this morning? Several, three or four. Um, em- embrace God's gift of limits. Discover the treasure buried in grief and loss. I mean, this is a, that's a good discipleship word for us in the time that we're living in right now, just the times we're in. Make love the measure of maturity. And we're, gonna, we're actually going to hold on to that one. Make love the measure of maturity. Break the power of the past. There's the past thing again. Lead out of weakness and vulnerability. I mean, we're all wounded healers. That's, that's, nobody's got it down, you know? And if it looks like I'm walking like this sometimes, it's because I am. There's a limp. There's wounds. God's healing me. I'm in process. We are in process. Lead out of weakness and vulnerability. Um, I had a friend I was talking with, uh, 
uh, th- th- just this past uh, couple days ago. And I was telling him, I'm trying to put this seven list of things together. And he quickly, just, I mean, in a matter of minutes, texted me back this list. He put a list together out of Philippians 2, which can totally be a, it's another sermon or another sermon series, but identity. Jesus knew who he was, though being in very nature God, self-emptying love, he emptied himself, became obedient. Uh, Humility, he humbled himself, the most humble person ever, God in the flesh, comes down and identifies with us, identifies with our humanity. He assumes our humanity. I'm going to be talking about that some more next week, the incarnation, as we start the Ephesians series on one new humanity. So there's a little commercial about that. And then he's obedient, even to death. He's faithful to the Lord, to the Father. And then every knee is going to worship and bow before King Jesus and say, you're the King and the Lord. So, I mean, that'll, that'll preach too, right there. Um, one of the things I discovered as we're looking through this, I found an old file, an old document that we'd done 15 years ago. We spent four days with a guy named Scott Wood. who was with us at the time. And, uh, we spent four days working on the competencies of a disciple. And so we came out with nine broad outcomes and literally 107 competencies to support those nine broad outcomes. We're not going through those today, but I'm trying to bring you into some of the journey that I've been on this, this week, just thinking about this stuff, because it's so important. And part of the reason this is so critical for us to think about discipleship is because cultural Christianity has made discipleship optional. So it's made it like it's something you can choose to do or not. This is the way we illustrate it a lot. If you can put the gospel slide up. And this is when, when we do the gospel of my personal salvation as if salvation is just about me going to heaven, as if that's what Jesus preached, which did, does anybody, as much as that is so primary for us, and it's not untrue, it just misses out on so much of what God is actually calling us to do. And so, so, so the gospel of my personal salvation, of me going to heaven when I die, and that's like the end of the good news then it makes discipleship and life in the church, it's kind of an add-on that's optional. Maybe like a 501 class, it's graduate level, you know, God's redemption of the world, ah, mission to the world, I don't know, maybe I'll get into that, maybe I won't. You see what I'm saying? So, so this is just huge. Uh, in the book, Divine, the, the Divine Conspiracy, uh, flash this first quote up, Dallas Willard outlines three aspects of disciple-making. He said, we must be disciples, we must intend to make disciples, and we must know how to bring people to believe that Jesus really is the King and the Lord. He's the one. He's the one we follow. So that's huge. He goes on to say in that book, non-discipleship is the elephant in the church. In fact, he's got a book called The Great Omission. Like the Great Commission is go into the world, make disciples, not just get decisions, Make disciples. So non-discipleship is the elephant in the church. It's not the many moral failures, financial abuses, or amazing general similarity between Christians and non-Christians. These are only the effects of the underlying problem. The fundamental negative reality among Christian believers today is the failure to be constantly learning how to live their lives in the kingdom among us. And it is an accepted reality. 
It's an accepted reality. The divisions of, of professing Christians and to those for whom it is a matter of whole life devotion on the one hand and those who maintain a consumer or client relationship to the church has now been the accepted reality in the church for 1,500 years. So you're going to have to read that again. It's in your notes. It's on the app. You can take a picture of it. That quote is important, that there's this idea that, that it's okay to have some people that are going, I want my whole life devoted to Jesus Christ. And then there's others because, and this is, we have to fight this because everything about our culture is consumeristic. I, I scroll what I want. I get the news feed I want. I get the things the way I want them. I would get my meal the way I want it. You can have it your way, right? And so there's a tension there between whole life devotion to Jesus and having it my way, right? So that's what we're talking about here. We, I just want to be really clear. We want to be disciples, we want to be clear about vision, to share and multiply the life of Christ in the church through new disciples, new life groups and congregations to the glory of God and the joy of all peoples. And we want to do that with joy. Yes. You know, we want to do this lifestyle of encounter, disciple, mission. We want to live out this thing in, in church life with me and Jesus and having a real relationship with him that's that's I'm following him and that I'm helping others to follow him and that we're doing this thing in life group together and that we're doing this thing as a congregation together and then we're being sent out into our spheres to be on mission together, gathering, sending, coming, going, all of those things happening. And so it's, we want to order, just say it, we want to order our entire world around Jesus Christ. That's what we're talking about. And so here's the main thing. We intentionally... Order our lives in our world. And what I mean by that is where we have a say-so. Where you have a say-so. That's your world. That's where the kingdom can come yeah. is in the dentist's office. Yeah. It's at the school. Right. You know, it's, right. it's, it's at the hospital. Yeah. I'm just looking around. It's, it's on the ranch. It's just identify everybody's job. <laughs> but, but that's it. It's wherever we have a say-so. It's in our homes. It's in the school. You know, where do we have a say-so? We want to order our lives and world to loving and following Jesus Christ, our Lord. So these seven marks, and really they're more like, think markers uh, on a journey, because you don't just do it and move on from it. You, you, uh, maturity, you guys, is doing the basics with consistency. So the, it's, it, you don't outgrow spending time with God. You don't outgrow worship. You know, so those are things that we, and, and there's tension, there's, I receive that, but then I also give it. I receive it, but then I also share it. So there's, it's a, it's, I'm being, but I'm also doing. And there's tensions like that in walking this out. There's resting and there is working. We would be in, we've been a terrible place. I encourage you to listen to Jim Reynolds podcast. We partner with Jim and I, hey Jim, and just, he's got some great stuff on work on laboring, on connecting our work and our calling and bringing Jesus into all of our lives. You know, and it happens, all of this happens individually, but it also happens corporately. And just think about all of this surrounded by the, the work of the Spirit in our lives. It's a, it's a Holy Spirit thing that God's doing in us. And so I thought, how can I, how can I make this simple? And so here we go. Great commandment, second great commandment. Great Commission, 
living it out in the church, the kingdom mission and message that we've got, and then that being supported by practices that we do, spiritual disciplines, and then walking it out in the spirit. Okay, so uh, that's, that's the nutshell. So here we go. Seven, disciples at Antioch are marked by number one, you know it, number one answer, loving God. Loving God, absolutely. Mark chapter 12, verse 29. What's the most important commandment, right? The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Amen. So the first piece there is loving God, having a passion for the living God that's real in our hearts, that gets stirred up day after day in our private times, in our walks with our spouses, in our times of life group, in our times of church life, coming on Sundays, those kinds of things, a passion for God, that we would treasure Jesus Christ. And I pray that everybody that can hear my voice online, here in the room, would treasure Jesus Christ. Not just believe in him, but he would be your first love in all of life. John 17, verse 26. It's, it, on October 11th, 1993, that verse rocked my world. It, like you, when, you, when you know a date like that, like it really was significant, right? Like I was going a certain way and then things changed. In that verse... John 17, 26, it's the very last thing Jesus says in the high priestly prayer before the cross. He says, Father, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love that you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. And I remember reading that and going, I'm gonna love Jesus with the Father's love. How can this be? And like, but that, that's, that gave me a new trajectory in life. I like, Jesus, I want to love you with the Father's love. You prayed it. You expect it. It's a reality. I'm being brought up into that and being connected with the life of Jesus. We all are. You know, that's our, that's our new reality. That's what we are walking into. So, so loving Jesus with the Father's love, treasuring Jesus, receiving the Father's love. Everybody needs to receive the Father's love. You can't, you can't do life without receiving the Father's love. We burn out, we perform out, we, we think that that's going to be the answer, and we all need a source that's never-ending. The non-stop, never-ending Niagara of God's love flowing into our hearts. And we need daily filling with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what is shared between the Father and the Son. That communion, the love that's shared is the communion of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're given and now brought into by the Spirit of the living God. So we need to be filled up every day. Lord, do that in our lives. So that's the first mark, loving God. Second mark, what's it going to be? Loving people. Loving people, right? Second great commandment there in Mark. Loving people. The second one, the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So he does say neighbor, but... He does mean all people, doesn't he? Yes. We know that. We know that. He says it explicitly in other ways. So it's love neighbors, love non-neighbors, love the difference. Not like the difference, but love those who are different than you. The others. I mean, 
That's kind of what we touched on in Philippians 2, but I'm going to touch on next week is if Jesus is assuming humanity in his body and taking that to the cross, then there's not an other that any of us get to look down on as less than us. So, so love the difference, love the, it, the enemies, and that kind of covers it all. So basically, if they've got flesh and blood, it's somebody we're supposed to love. And it's only the, you know, the, the, our, our battle is against, not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and powers and principalities and authorities in the heavenly realms. And you can name all that stuff really quickly. And I'll let you use your imagination because that's not my main point here. But, but what my main point is, is that we would love. We would love everybody. And that we would especially love our brothers and sisters. We would love disciples. In fact, Jesus said, this is how, you want to know how you're going to be known as a disciple? It's the way you love your brothers and sisters. This is, this is it. So, you know, when we're, when we're loving well, we are being known as disciples. When we're not loving well, we're hindering our ability to be known as disciples. Make sense? A new command I give you, love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. Amen. So in all of these things, uh, be, be asking, how can I grow in this? I mean, going back to Pete Scazzaro's point, you know, if love is the mark of maturity, then Lord, how can I grow? I want to grow in this. I want to be loving people and not judging them. I want to be living in the spirit and not in the flesh of me being on the throne and making decisions about they deserve it, they don't, they deserve my forgiveness, they don't. So, amen. So that's the second one. Third one, uh, marks of a disciple. Disciples at Antioch are marked by loving God, loving people, loving the church. In Matthew 16, Jesus is talking with Peter. He says, what about, you know, who, who do men say that I am? You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are you. Verse 17, Simon, you didn't get this from by flesh and blood, but you got it from my Father in heaven. It's a revelation. And I tell you that you're Peter. And on this rock, this revelation of who I am, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now, we say disciples love the church, but maybe not everybody thinks that way. Maybe not everybody says, love the church? I'm supposed to, I'm going to be marked by loving the church. Yes. We're going to be marked by loving the church. Why? Because that's what Jesus does. Jesus loves the church. He's building the church. The church is his bride. You know, the church is his body. You know, there's so many practical things that happen just in loving the church. You don't even have to know where all you're going. But if you're, and this has been our journey down through all these years, is let's just, if we could just be the church, then even the things that we don't know to do and growing into maturity and all that kind of stuff, he's going to show us because he's the head of the church. Yes. Like the focus of the reign of Jesus is in the church. He's, this is Ephesians 1, and 23. says he's head over all things for the church, which is his body. So the focal point of the kingdom, it's beyond this, but it's focused here because you got a bunch of people here that are saying, Jesus, you're the head of the church, lead us. We are your body. We are your bride. We are the building of God. We're the temple of God. Come and reign here. Have your way in us and through us. Even with the flaws. 
This, yeah, amen. Even with the flaws, even with the imperfections and the mess ups in our fallenness, we might think, man, isn't there, isn't there a better plan than this? Isn't there a better plan than a bunch of people that don't have it all together coming together and try to walk together? Like the church is the end that he's going for, a bride fully prepared for him. But the church is also the means by how we kind of get ready to be there with him. It's, it's us sharpening one another and forgiving one another and being humble with one another and, and, and walking this life out. And, you know, it is popular maybe right now to deconstruct church. And just and you, even with the online stuff, I don't even have to be together anymore. It's, 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 and so it's easy to take shots at leaders, at the church, that kind of thing. And, um, but, but it matters to Jesus, you know, to persecute the church is literally to persecute Jesus. That's what in a blinding light vision, Jesus tells that to the Saul. Why are you persecuting me? Was he persecuting Jesus or was he persecuting the church? He's persecuting the church, but he said, why Saul are you persecuting me? So we love the church. And so how can I step, ask, ask yourself, how can I step deeper into this? How can I grow in this vision of, what, of who you are, Jesus, and what you're doing in and through your church? This is, I mean, this is so dead center for us, right? Christ, the church, and the glory of God. This is what we believe. This is what we see. So love, loving the church. We're marked by loving the church. Marked by learning as disciples who make disciples, as disciple-making disciples. And, and I, I know it's a little clunky. Again, I'm just, we'll figure out how we use these later. But, but we, we're learners. Yeah. Disciples are marked by, that, yeah. almost by definition, we're, we're learners. So we're disciple-making disciples. And I throw that out there because that's the kind of disciple that Jesus is looking for. He's, he's not looking for the disciple that's just a disciple for himself but as a disciple making disciples. So go into the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, immersing people into the triune reality of the relational God of love, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's, I want to be, I just, I'm not going to jump off, but, but I want to, that's the river, right? I want to jump into that reality. And so uh, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. So, so there's dis disciples are people who make disciples. That's a part of it in the definition, in the call, in the commission. And so we want to be learners in this. And things I'm thinking of here is just we want a clear commitment to this, like so that it's not the add-on thing. It's not the 601 class, graduate class, but it's just the basics. It's who, this, it's who we are. And so included in learning as disciple-making disciples, it's going to be things like identity, knowing who you are, forgiving people, not holding on to grudges and bitterness, but you forgive as a matter of course. You don't decide if you're going to forgive somebody. Like these are basic learning things of a disciple is that we forgive because God forgave us. And, and we, don't, you know, we don't hold on to it and have you done enough and finally I'm going to forgive you. Um, and that's, you guys, that's, that's, that's 101, right? 
So it's, it's, it's identity, it's forgiveness, it's holiness, it's walking with the Lord, it's, it's learning to repent, it's keeping a short connection with the Lord, you know, where you don't just get off in a ditch and sin and just stay there and uh, there's no change, change, no hope for me, but to walk with the Lord and, and repent, turn, come back. Lord, I, I love you. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for freedom that you want to bring me into. Wholeness, bringing the scattered, broken pieces of my soul together into wholeness and life with you. Uh, the, it's, it's us walking in the kingdom, walking in the gospel of the kingdom. And, uh, and so part of the point here is, and I, I think part of what's helped us down through the years is preaching the gospel of the kingdom and saying, being really clear that you... To believe in this kingdom is to believe that the kingdom is real, that you leave the kingdom of darkness and you come into the kingdom of light. You leave death and come into life. And Jesus is Lord. Where's the kingdom? It's where Jesus is Lord. It's where it's the dome where he's the king. So that's in it, it. He wants it in all of our lives where he's reigning in all of our lives and that we're being formed into the image of Christ. Again, ask, how can I grow in this one? Then number five is as disciples at Antioch were, were marked by living in the kingdom and on mission. Living in the kingdom and in the mission of God. Just again, that's living, it's, I, maybe I already made the point, but living where, where we're under his reign in all things. We're living in the kingdom space. It's now, but it's also not yet. It's possible for any of us to... to uh, <laughs> To, to sin, to not walk under the reign of God, to, to not choose the Lord, right? Is it just me? Just, yeah. Are we all thinking about our sin? <laughs> Maybe right there in that moment. <laughs> Help us, Lord. Have mercy, God. And he does. Praise the Lord. You know, so we're in the kingdom and we're on mission. This is a mark of, of a disciple. And so we are sharing the Lord. We're sharing life. We're sharing love. We're sharing the gospel. We're telling people about our hope and our faith in the Lord Jesus and what he has brought into our lives. We're giving our testimonies. We're, ex we're trying to live like he lived. So we want to uh, express healing to people and pray for people in the name of Jesus and expect to see lives changed, people healed, people set free, people delivered, people believing the gospel. Like we, that's, that's, that's living in the mission. That's living in the kingdom. That's, it, I, yeah. Um, you know, it, and, it, and it doesn't mean uh, uh, a, a sacred secular dichotomy. It, it's all together. It's like it's, it's your work. It's your vocation. And if you can't find out how to walk with Jesus in your vocation, then you probably need to change. Like, so, you know, like there's some things that are illegal and like you don't need to be doing that. You, you can't walk with Jesus in the kingdom in that. But it's not just like full-time ministry people that are walking in the kingdom. It's, it's all of us. It has to be, you know, being an engineer at Alcon, a project manager. It has to be, you know, all the different stuff that we do. We've got to be able to find, you know, how to live this thing out. Kim, after hearing Jim's message about uh, the podcast on uh, having an altar at your place of work, she's got a, one of her, the computers there. She's an audiologist. And, uh, and I asked her if I could share this. Um, why I needed to say that. 
The names have been changed. Uh, Susan uh, down here. Uh, but uh, she has a little magnet on her on her uh, the hard drive thing, and it says, "Give thanks, grateful." It says grateful, and just so since she heard that message, she's been looking at that thing and just turning in prayer to the Lord. Just something that simple in the midst of what she does. And she gets to help people hear. She heals hearing. That's making things right. That's, that's the kingdom mission, is to make things right. I mean, how many of us can do that all around the room? Randy Brown, you're, you're healing people. You're, you're making things right by the medicine, the way you doctor. Yeah, there's lots of, lots of go around the room here. So uh, live in the kingdom message. Number six, um, six Mark, disciples in Antioch, Antioch are marked by practical spiritual disciplines. Okay, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here but, because this is a series, but, but this is important. And what I'm talking about here is sacramental living. I want to just put this idea out there. You know, we think of sacraments, I think in the Protestant church, you know, it's, it's mainly the two, y'all know the two big ones? Baptism, we're going to do that in a couple weeks, and the Lord's Supper. We just did that. But what sacrament means is something you do physically that helps you experience the presence of God. So there's a whole lot of other things that you do physically besides baptism and the Lord's Supper that are sacramental. So worship, like that's sacramental, isn't it? When we get together and we worship, it's a discipline. It's a practice that we do. It's a habit that we do that helps us experience the presence of God together. Prayer. And these can be individual and, and, and corporate together. Prayer is, is certainly one of those things that I'm doing with my body that helps me to experience the presence of God. Reading the scriptures, studying the scriptures. This is a, a sacramental practice that we do that helps us experience the presence of God. But there's other things. Having a, a, a private retreat uh, in prayer on a Saturday morning, three, just taking three hours, spending time every morning with the Lord. That, that's just, that's the most important thing I could say as a pastor that will help you, help your soul, help you grow in God, help you stay connected, help you experience the presence of God. And you know what? A lot of these things we're doing, but we just need language. We need help. Oh, okay, I'm I'm doing some of that, right? It's, it's, there's a joy in it. It's not just everybody's at zero. We're all just on this journey together. And there's grace, right? There's grace. There's mercy today. There's, there's mercy for walking more deeply in these practices. Um, journaling, practicing the presence of God, abiding in Christ. That's a, that's a practice that I want to more and more experience in life. Just where you're aware of the presence of God. Just, and all it is, it's just turning in the, in, in, inwardly to the Lord. And you can experience his presence. All of us, we can do this. Um, listening, learning to listen to the Lord. Lord, what are you saying? Pausing, listening. He's always inviting. He's always inviting us. Um, uh, rhythms of rest and renewal and limits. Uh, generosity. Brian did a great job talking about generosity. That's a spiritual practice, a discipline that actually helps us to experience God over time, leads to praise to God in our lives. Thanksgiving, as we receive his charis, his grace, 
And then we share that in charisma, in gifts, and that leads to Eucharista, thanksgiving to God. That's how that works, how that flows. Okay, uh, prayer and fasting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, so this is one of the ones we do corporately that really helps us together. Who, who needs a little help on prayer and fasting every now and then? We, we need help. And so we do, we've been doing these rhythms for decades now, but a couple in the, you know, one in the spring and one in the fall. And so on October 4th, 5th, and 6th is our next prayer and fasting time as a church. And just encourage you guys. It's an opportunity. And it helps when you got some other people jumping in with you. Okay, that's number six there. So Lord, how can I grow in this area? How can I just experiment and take some next steps in practicing spiritual disciplines? And then finally, number seven, disciples at Antioch are marked by walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. I just felt like that would kind of sum things up. You know, like we use our spiritual gifts to build others up. We're walking in the Spirit. We're using our gifts. All of the gifts that ever were are still available today. You know, like... I know that's not a revelation here, but sometimes people need to hear that somewhere. Like, yeah, they, they're all, like, God didn't set them, hit, hit pause, because we got the Bible. Total, another message there. Right, but so all the gifts, they're for today. And all of the fruit is for today. The, the fruit of the Spirit. And so this is, I really felt like I needed to finish here, was to say, you guys, like, we need love. If we don't have love flowing in our midst, man, we... It's just a bunch of noise. If we don't have joy flowing in our midst, like, it's just like, it, it's not attractive. It's, it, it's uh, I'm shying away from contagious. We don't say contagious anymore. It used to be a word you could say. Um, I literally, I, okay, this is a pause. Um, I literally, uh, one of the elders sent me a, a thing. It wasn't the Babylon Bee. It's a real true story about a church that was named back in 13 when they started Outbreak Church. And they used all kinds of metaphors and had the cross coming out of a hazmat symbol and just everything was and be contagious for Jesus. And then, of course, COVID hits and they have to, they change their name. It's some, something, community church, back, back. Kids pray. Lots of people pray right now that I'll focus, <laughs> finish well. Wow. So walking in the spirit, love, joy, peace. I had lunch with a guy this past week. And it was just incredible. He's, so, he's a church planner on the north side and just fired up and was telling me he's like, how he got filled with the Spirit and what that meant in his life and the joy that brought. And he had seen this girl that he was, was in this group with, and he's like, man, I want what she's got. Uh, you know, and like, that's okay. Like, if you see somebody with more, like, man, I want to press in. And he's just sharing stories about people he's leading to the Lord and getting filled with the Spirit and all this stuff. It just, it was exciting. I came out of the lunch going, it was good Indian food, but man, what he did in my life was stir me up for God. I wanted to go do something for God, you know, like Brainerd. So um, the point here is that the quality of our life, it matters. The way we live it out, it matters. Has, has the Spirit of God gotten to our faces, to our eyes, to our smiles, to our hugs, those kinds of, those kinds of things. It's, it, it's going to be hard for us to walk in the Spirit while being grumpy, Just you're always negative. I've got discernment. <laughs> Judgmental. Maybe that's the. Maybe that's that one. 
judgmental. It's hard to walk in the spirit. So ask, Lord, how can I grow in this area? The gifts of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit operating, flowing in my life. And the call, you guys, as we're leaving today, we're going to just take a little time here to minister. But the call is to take this with us, to be, you know, we don't do all of this perfectly, but but we want to be marked by these marks of a disciple. These are markers on the journey. And to take this into the school, to take this into our workplaces, our vocations, our houses, with our families, to take it with our kids, to, to walk this out, that we're a loving people, loving God, loving people, loving the church, learning. We're disciples that are learning. We're living in the kingdom. We're practicing spiritual disciplines. We are walking in the spirit. Amen. Let's uh, stand up. Team, come on up. Thanks for hanging in there today. This is this, this is important. You know, we're wrapping up this series right now about vision, about lifestyle, about the church, about having wineskins for doing this. Yeah, uh, ministry team, come on up as well. And then walking this thing out as, as disciples. And so just as we're finishing here, you guys, let's, let's minister this in. Let's pray for each other. You know, if the front fills up, just pray with somebody you came with. And let's, just everybody that wants prayer, let's get prayer. And let's pray, Lord, how can I grow in this part of life? How can I grow as a disciple? Uh, we were going into the Friday night thing, and I, Kim and I were praying, and I had a picture of a door opening. And I just, I felt like that is for right now, too. There's a, a new door opening. It's a new day for us as a church it's a new day, and it's like on the other side of that door, if you can just imagine this with me, is an unbelievable vista. It's like Narnia. It's like walking through the wardrobe. It's an unbelievable vista of all that God has for us as disciples, walking this life out together. And he wants us to take that step into the new day. It's an invitation to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Yeah, so let's... let's there's so many different places of connection. Let the Holy Spirit show you where your next step is. Lord, would you do that right now? Meet us here today. And then I just want to encourage you, be bold to pray, to pray it in, to ask, to be hungry, to press into the Lord. And whatever need you have, whether it's what I'm talking about here, or there's something else going on in your life, man, get prayer because God moves in answer to our prayers. In the name of Jesus, Lord, meet us here today. We love you. Amen. You guys come. Let's worship. Let's pray. Let's press in. A few moments here.